Want to sell a fart movie? Pitch it in a crowded elevator. I'm Dr. Rob Tarswell. Benjamin Franklin didn't always have an air of dignity. I'm Kevin Leeson. What was Adolf Hitler's other gas chamber? I'm Torin Atkinson. This episode was recorded in a toxic work environment. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Flatulence is defined in the medical literature as flatus expelled through the anus, or the quality or state of being flatulent. Where does flatus come from? Flatus is the medical word for gas generated in the stomach or bowels. Okay. A proportion of intestinal gas may be composed of swallowed environmental air, and hence flatus is not totally generated in the stomach or bowels. The scientific study of this area of medicine is termed flatology. (laughs) <laughs> and there's actually a third source of intestinal gas. Well, hold on. Is there anybody that's actually would call themselves a flatologist? They'd be like, oh, I'm a flatologist. Just uh, not, like, in, not in public. Yeah. But, you know, you do what you have to do to pay the bills. Those people I mean, call themselves doctors. I get, Well, no, I guess they'd be, you'd probably be a gastroenterologist who specializes in flatology, right? God, that'd be an awful clinic. <laughs> <laughs> What's the third source of gas? Well, interestingly enough, because your blood contains gas, there's constant gas exchange going on between the network of blood vessels in your bowels and the lumen or the alimentary canal. That's basically the space that's inside the tube. Do we call that hemoflatus? We don't call that hemoflatus, but if the partial pressure of gases in the blood exceeds that in the lumen, then the gas exchange will occur that way. So a lot of nitrogen in your farts comes from the nitrogen in the air that you breathe that's in your blood. So, Dr. Rob, you are, uh, uh, this is the reason that you're a particularly good guest spurt for us, because you're a vegan, and so, you know, this is kind of your, <laughs> the way that you guys Your bailiwick? Live. Yeah. Your fart zone? Yeah. I'm not sure what veganism has to do with flatus, but I'll go I'm asking. I don't know any other <laughs> vegans. Are, uh, are you particularly farty? Well, um... You eat a lot of beans. We, we do eat a lot of beans, but... We prepare the beans in such a way as to break down the complex carbohydrates. Take that. Okay. And minimize social yeah. embarrassment. Is that by rinsing them? It's by cooking them. Uh, soak them overnight actually uh, does a lot for that. And also, yeah, c- uh, slow cooking them for a long time. We'll do that as well. Okay. All right. I got a quick pop quiz. What is the fear of passing gas in public called Kevin? Philatophobia? No. Flatopubophobia. Agoraflatophobia? <laughs> no. Rob, do you, Dr. Rob, do you know this one? The uh, fear of passing gas in public. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, phobia. You're so close. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have no idea. It's, oh, no. It's because that's the way I roll. <laughs> it is actually fartophobia. Fartophobia. Oh. But it's spelled P H A R T O phobia. Oh, because pH balanced for a fart. Thank <laughs> you. So the bonus was to spell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we found uh, e-proctophilia is sexual arousal by other people passing gas. E-procto? Yes. E-proctophilia, isn't that what's on the American penny? E-proctophobia? Isn't that what it is? I e- thought, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought e-procto was a website for, I don't know. for uh, internet-based proctologists. Oh, okay. okay. E- my e-procto. <laughs> Dr. Procto? Um, Question number two, what creature on planet Earth produces the most methane gas? And I mean as a species, not any individual. Cows. You are wrong. What? Oh. 
That is what many people will think. It is not cows. I'm going to say beetles. Wait, are we talking per capita or are we talking no, like no. in toto? That's why I said as you shouted cows, I'm talking the entire species okay, together. Okay, all right, all right. Humans. Negative. Good hmm. guess, though. Yeah, okay. It's not beetles? And it's not beetles. It is, in fact, termites. Oh, of course. Termites. According to the Environmental Protection Agency. I was close. I was in the right. You were. You were in the right. Philo family. They were insects. <laughs> According to the EPA, global emissions of methane due to termites are estimated to be between 2 and 22 teragrams. Ooh. That is, a teragram is 10 to the 12th grams or 1 megaton, like Teragram. a million metric tons. Okay. So up to 22 million metric tons of flatus from termites per year. Making what? them the second largest natural source of methane emissions. So if we kill all of the termites, there'll be no more global warming. Well, that's a good start. There, there anyway. would be a lot less, I would, I would guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, methane is produced in termites as part of their normal digestive process, and the amount generated varies among different species. So when, when I blame a fart on a barking spider, I should switch it to a farting termite. To, to a termite, yeah. yeah. Termite. Oh, oh those damn yeah. termites. Termites in here. You smell that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. And question number three, shouldn't be too difficult. What was the first major motion picture to feature f- a fart joke? Oh, some Adam the Sandler. First, m- first major <laughs> motion picture. A- Adam Sandler is the first person to ever make a fart I joke? Think so. No, there's got to be a Three Stooges fart joke. And I'm going to go with uh, Marx Brothers. Oh, man, you were so wrong. In fact, it was Blazing Saddles, 1974. First ever fart joke? First ever major studio film to contain a fart joke was Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Little Rascals doesn't count because it wasn't a feature film. Flatulence can be caused by trapped air that we have swallowed while chewing or drinking or by gas seeping into our intestines from our blood. And some gas is produced oh, by go. chemical reactions in our intestines or bacteria living in our guts. That's mm-hmm. the one I prefer, the last one. Okay. If a food does not break down completely in the stomach uh, and small intestine, it makes it into the large intestine in, in an undigested state. There, the food- Undigested gas? Well, the food is undigested. Right. There, the food meets up with billions of hungry bacteria, the natural intestinal fauna that we all have in our large intestine. Right. These bacteria are happy to digest them. They produce such gases as methane, uh-huh. hydrogen, yes. both of which are flammable. Yes. Yes, you can light farts. Uh-huh. Hydrogen sulfide, and that is the source of the odor that we associate with flatulence. That's hydrogen the stink sulfide. in a fart. Certain foods produce more flatulence than others because they contain more indigestible carbohydrates than others. Beans, as you might expect, are particularly well endowed in this regard. Okay. Farts make a sound when they escape due to the vibrations of the rectum. Of course. <laughs> Damn near killed them. The loudness may vary depending on how much pressure is behind the gas, as well as the tightness of the sphincter is muscles. Is there a fart scale like there was a poo scale? Uh, no, but we should there probably should make one, one up. Yeah. yeah. It should just be uh, done by decibels. I, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. But then again, you know, silent but deadly. You'd, you'd have to have a multi-variable scale. You're going to mm-hmm. have to have a volume, like audible volume, yep. and also deadliness as a stink factor. Right, the, hy- the hydrogen sulfide factor. Now well, here's- let's not forget the timbre of the... <laughs> oh, the, the tone? Well. Oh. Yeah. There's the musician in you talking right there. Uh, was, uh, somehow he got a, he got a chord going uh, with multiple tones at the same time. You know, the guy must have multiple sphincters. Somebody's got to invent uh, uh, an underwear that will turn it from something... Gross sounding to melodious. Oh, there's a good idea. They have underwear mm. that has uh, activated charcoal and things like that. Right. There are products for masking the smell, but you're totally right. We need something that makes the yeah, sound. And, better. and you could have different underwear for like that with different mood. You could have like a jazz harmonica. Oh and, yeah, make uh, it like a cell phone. Just yeah. set your set your fart tone. Yeah, yeah. to whatever Precisely. MP3 you want. Uh, the Merck manual offers a potential classification scheme. And what is the Merck manual? That is. Oh, I know. It was written by E. Gary Gygax. I don't know what's in it, but it was written by E. Gary Gygax. Yeah, it's like the Monster Manual, but it talks about Mercs. Ah, perfect. Mm. It's got mm. one page. Mm-hmm. 
It's a it's $77. They're in real trouble financially. It's a medical textbook that okay. first started getting published in the late 19th century and is uh, still published to this day. Although I think it's migrated to a digital publication. Although, and what do they contain in the Merck manual? It's essentially a compendium of all medical conditions. And I used it when I was in medical school because it's very nice introductory level to essentially the entire field of medicine. So even though it was written in the late 19th century, it's still applicable today? Like, Well, the first edition was in the late 19th century. Okay. What edition are we on now? I'm not even sure. I'm sure it's Second? In, I suspect it's in the low 20s, but okay. it might even be well, higher. We've got a great paragraph on flatulence from the 14th edition. Oh, there you go. Uh -huh. Torn, do you want to read this? This has the scale, I believe. That, All right, uh, but Rob what tone about. of voice is Merck? What does, uh, what does Merck sound I think like? It sounds like uh, Jason Statham. Sure. Oh, okay. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> would. Sure. Let's do it. Flatulence, which can cause great psychosocial distress, is unofficially described according to its salient characteristics. The slider, crowded elevator type, <laughs> which is released slowly and noiselessly, sometimes with devastating effect. <laughs> Number two, the open sphincter, or poo type, which is said to be of higher temperature and more aromatic. <laughs> or stinkomatic, as the case may be. Number three, the staccato or drumbeat type. Pleasantly passed, pleasantly passed in privacy. <laughs> and number four, the bark type, described in a personal communication, is characterized by a sharp exclamatory eruption that effectively interrupts and often concludes conversation. <laughs> Dude, and this is a medical man? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't believe it. This sounds like, this sounds like something out of a comedy when I, book. When I read this as a first-year medical student, I knew... I knew. The Merck I was born to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Aromaticis. Aromaticity is not a prominent feature. Rarely this usually distressing symptom has been turned to advantage, as with a Frenchman referred to as Le Petoman, who became affluent as an effluent performer, who played tunes with the gas from his rectum on the Moulin Rouge stage. <laughs> I have a large write-up on La Petomaine. <laughs> okay. Or right. later. We'll get to it later. So there you go. There's the, uh, I guess, semi-official uh, medical opinion. That's on the final medical word mm. on flatulence. I have a few fun fart facts here. No, FFF. Yes. On average, a person produces about half a liter of fart gas per day. Okay. Distributed over an average of about 14 daily farts. Okay. Women fart just as much as men. There is a large- Not in my house. <laughs> There is a large variation among individuals in the amount of fart gas produced per day, but the variation does not correlate with gender. So yes, okay. there are women who fart less, and there are men who fart less, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And as, as I mentioned, uh, because of the methane and hydrogen in them, farts are indeed flammable. You can light a fart. So uh, each person in the world farts an average of 14 times. So, I mean, there are some guys out there per day. So there are some guys out there farting 60 times and some oh, yeah. people out there farting once or twice. And that's why you should never let a match in their house. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> It'd be like Fight Club when that uh, when they unhooked the gas stove and uh, took his apartment out. Torn, you know Kenny B. I do. Oh, uh, the, uh, our, our friend Kenny B. Famous saxophonist. Uh, that's Kenny G. Uh, uh, we have a mutual friend who uh, he he claims he is unable to burp. That when he gets gassy at all, it just he cannot have it come up, and so he can basically fart on command. Oh. And I have in the time of growing up as a you know twenty something male going out to all sorts of different places with this guy. I would, anytime I wanted to, hey Kenny, fart, and he would just let one go. Hmm. I've witnessed this myself. Yeah. Fart on command. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Why isn't this person a trillionaire? Uh, I. Th <laughs> 
Like, how can, <laughs> no. how can he not convert that into financial <laughs> he's, success? He's typically got a lot of crazy schemes to do that. I okay. don't know why he's not capitalizing on this he, part. He, he called the Moulin Rouge. They said it's been done. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. It's done. <laughs> I do have a short bit on vaginal flatulence. That mm-hmm. doesn't have any hydrogen sulfide in it, though, it, I hope. It, does, it shouldn't, it, yeah. unless you're very, very ill. <laughs> or if you have uh, a fistula. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fistula? bad. Count yep. fistula? <laughs> no, that's an abnormal passage between we, epithelialized surfaces. We right. talked about vaginal fistulas in an episode a long time ago, uh, and we did yeah. a lesser tweevils about it called shit dick. Yeah, shit dick. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Uh, an emission or expulsion of air from the vagina is called vaginal flatulence. It may occur during or after sexual intercourse or during other sexual acts, stretching or exercise. Yeah. The sound is somewhat comparable to flatulence from the anus, but does not involve waste gases and thus has no specific odor associated. Slang terms for vaginal flatulence include vart, mm-hmm. queef, yeah. and fanny fart. Although that's mostly British, because yes. here we tend to think fanny means butt. Yes, but yeah. not in Britain. Not in Britain. Nope. Fanny but means vagina. The mm. the English do find our term fanny pack absolutely hilarious. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> vaginal gas that involves strong odor or fecal matter may be a result of the previously mentioned colovaginal fistula, mm-hmm. a serious condition involving a tear between the vagina, the oh. vagina, a serious tear between the <laughs> vagina and colon, which can result from surgery, childbirth, diseases oh. such as Crohn's disease and other causes. Uh, yeah, another know, reason to use uh, condoms. You know, I like, I like to have a fagina before I go down on a vagina. Oh, fajita? Yeah, a fagina. A beef and cheese fagina? Yeah. That's probably bad. The The cheese would be bad for introducing a bacterial culture down there. You mm, shouldn't do that. All right. Okay. That's been my problem all these years. Public Tor- service announcement. <laughs> Torin, do you want to talk about farting in space? Do I ever? Oh, it's a propulsion, right? They use it as a jet propulsion. That's what Clooney should have done in gravity. <laughs> that's right. I agree. Exposed yeah. his ass to space. Just tooted back to her. No, they just need like a, uh, um, you know, a tube that is a one-way valve so you can expel, but nothing uh, will go, you know, lack thereof will I don't will think you understand within. how space works. I'm not saying I do. Can I'm I go saying on, work on it, NASA. Brief tangent. I want to go on record as the one human being on the planet that thought gravity was boring and awful. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're, you know, it's not you enough and, farts. It's you and Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, he liked it. He just and really Lewis, has problems. Louis C.K. <laughs> did not like gravity. I'm in good company. Uh, okay. I have here some information from a 1969 study. I believe it was from NASA. Uh, intest- the study is called Intestinal Hydrogen and Methane of Men Fed Space Diet. Okay. Intestinal bacteria form two gases, hydrogen, H2, and methane, CH4, that could constitute a fire hazard in a closed chamber. Oh, Oh, yeah, okay. Things you don't think about. Now, at first I thought this would be silly, but as soon as they say that, yeah, okay. So H2 and CH4 pass from the anus, but these gases are also transported by the blood to the lungs and removed from to the atmosphere. Several factors affect gas formation, amount and kind of fermentable substrate. Sorry, I'm farting myself out. I just dropped one. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, we didn't really announce it, but uh, a couple hours before we recorded this, we all had nice big bowls of uh, bean chili. And glasses of milk. And glasses of milk. And non-bread. And our asses are miked. So if you hear some farting during this episode, that's us. Factor number two, abundance, types, and location of microflora. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know microflora, don't you? Uh, She worked at the gas station? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they're talking about the little bacteria that uh, create that methane thing that we just talked about slightly earlier than now. Mm -hmm. And three, psychic and somatic conditions that affect the gut. What do you suppose that means, Dr. Rob? Oh, the stress and nerves, right? Well, that would be sort of like nervous farting. Okay. So if you're someone who gets anxious and you kind of feel butterflies in your stomach, 
that, or sometimes people get anxious and they feel like they need to uh, defecate or fart. Right. Which is absolutely fantastic, of course, if you're embarrassed about farting and then you get anxious and you feel the urge to fart. Yes. However, uh, I'm not sure that would be relevant in the case of a NASA study because what's really important is absolute gas production and it's going to come out one way or the other, whether or not you're nervous. Yeah. Mm. Take farts- that, 1969 NASA. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's a fart spiral. We evaluated the first factor by studying men fed different diets and have also recorded influence of uncontrollable factors. Mm-hmm. One group of six men ate Gemini-type diet, Gemini being the two-person capsule that they send into space. Got it right. That was the uh, program between Mercury and Apollo. Okay. And another received a bland formula. So, like, pablum. I guess so. Mm -hmm. For 42 days, Mm -hmm. breath and rectal gases were analyzed during the first and final weeks. Flatus gases varied widely within dietary groups, but much more gas was generated with the Gemini diet than with the bland formula. In the first 12-hour collection... (laughs) This worst study ever. Do they get respirators? Subjects get a fed Gemini diet past 3 to 209 milliliters of rectal hydrogen. Okay. Average 52. With bland formula, these values were 0 to 3 milliliters, average 1. I love the tagline. Subjects were calmer during the second test. (laughs) (laughs) Methane differed idiosyncratically, presumably due to differences in flora. Okay. Uh-huh. Computed from 12-hour values, maximum potential daily methane are per man, 382 milliliters for Gemini diet, 222 milliliters for bland diet. Got that? Mm. Remember these numbers. This is a test. It's like 50% more. more. Yeah. Volumes will be larger at reduced spacecraft and suit pressures. Right, Does okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Volumes, because as mm-hmm. you reduce pressure, mm-hmm. volume increases. PV equals NRT. That's right. Mm-hmm. Ideal gas equation. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Hmm? Great level chemistry. It wasn't the first time NASA had studied flatulence in space. A 1965 astrofart study <laughs> by the agency <laughs> bore the title Review of Physiology and Pathology of Gastrointestinal Tract as Related to Space Flight Conditions. Astrofart sounds like the worst uh, anime character of all time. Astrofart? Yeah. Remember that band? Ooh, but no. certainly the most memorable. Astrofart is, is Astro Boy's sidekick. Right. Mm-hmm. Astrofart. Remember that band, Fart or Astrofart? Nobody does. <laughs> During the Apollo program, there was some concern among NASA engineers that flatulence in space could trigger an explosion. Sort of too bad there wasn't concern about 100% pressurized oxygen until after Apollo 1. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, oops. <laughs> they were much more worried about farts. Call back to our disasters in space episode. Mm-hmm. And then farting in a spacesuit, I also have some information on. Okay. Now, in many spacesuits, the oxygen supply is sealed off from the helmet, so no problem. Okay. Oh. Right, so your butt is not connected to your helmet. I got you. Uh, Otherwise, if you fart in a spacesuit, some of it will be recycled into the suit's life support system. Okay, and then you just breathe your fart. So you breathe a lot of it back in, yeah. (sighs) The rest will drift out when you get back to the ship and take the suit off. No doubt making you very unpopular with the other astronauts as you can't open a window. (laughs) But they will have activated charcoal scrubbers. There you go. Okay. okay. Activated charcoal scrubbers, which does what exactly? Takes out uh, noxious gases. And you can make a now a hell of a sketch out of it. Now, when you say a scrubber, what does that look like on my anus? <laughs> it's not going to be on your it's anus. Not a, it's not it's an just anus gonna scrubber. It's going to be part of the air conditioning system. That's too bad because I could use a bit of a scrub. And, and actually, uh, anus scrubber is a different job description entirely. Okay. In the history. <laughs> Uh, 
flatulence is the subject of the world's oldest known joke. Oh, okay. A 1900 BC Sumerian proverb from what is now southern Iraq. Something which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I think the this, oldest known joke. I think this has to be a you had to be there. I, I think it was in one of those little, kind, No, I like that. It's, it's kind of funny. It's one of those little books that, they put it, next it to It needs the, to be workshopped a bit. The, but the that's toilet. got staying power. That's a 4,000-year-old joke. Yeah. But where's, what's the joke part? It's like something which has some, never occurred since time immemorial. A, a young, young woman, woman did not fart in, in her husband's, husband's lap. lap. It's making a joke that women always fart when they're sitting in their husband's lap. And it's oh, saying, ha, ha, that, You wouldn't know this oh, because ha, you've never been didn't. married. It's a, See, there's no wordplay. There's no pun. <laughs> it's a double <laughs> negative here. Yes. <laughs> yes. It did okay. get slightly more complicated than grade three. <laughs> you should say copulated. I said complicated or something. <laughs> I don't know. It does a little bit of a head fake. Okay. Roland the Farter was a Roland medi- the Farter. Yes, Roland the Farter. That I'm was Roland the Farter. Yes, was a medieval flatulist who lived in <laughs> who lived in 12th century England. He held Hemingstone Manor in Suffolk and 30 acres of land in return for his services as a gesture for King Henry II. Okay. Each this is, year, this is the job that Kenny B wanted. That is yeah. totally yeah yeah. Oh, working for the king. It's a good coin. Farting on command? Yeah. He, he got he, he got Hemingstone Manor in Suffolk and 30 acres of land. I assume and, that's good. And in return, each year he was obliged to perform unum saltum et siflitum et unum bumbulum, which translates to one jump, one whistle, and one fart for the king's court at Christmas. Nice. So that was it. All it's, he had to do was one jump, one whistle, one fart every Christmas, and he got the uh, Hemingstone Manor in Suffolk. It's a living. Oh. That's quite a fine living, yes. one, it must yeah. be said. Imagine that one time when he couldn't fart, though. Off with his head! <laughs> I'll tell you. Take away well, the luck, manor. Lucky he was a nervous farter. <laughs> he had to uh, you know, be real sure. He probably a just lot. had a, like, a whoopee cushion in his pants, just in case. Yeah, he had the backup. Yeah. Now, he's not the only one. Flatulist is actually a performance career that many people had. In uh, medieval Ireland, they were called bregatory. I... Apologies if I'm totally mangling that. Mm-hmm. It's B-R-A-I-G-E-T-O-R-I. Uh, they were the professional farters of the time. They are listed together with other performers and musicians in the 12th century Tech Midyucha, again, butchering, a diagram of the banqueting hall of Terra. As entertainers, these bregatory ranked at the lower end of a scale headed by bards, Philly and Harpers. Lower end. So, yeah, <laughs> <lower> <laughs> end. I get it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That was a number four bark type. <laughs> yes, I think mm-hmm. so. And in fact, it did end the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there is a modern flatulist. His name is Mr. Methane. He was on Ooh. Britain's Got Talent, show number five. I have a YouTube video of him performing. He got buzzed off. I will just show, rather than us talk about this, I will just jump straight ahead to his actual performance part. I not want to use the microphone after that performance. <laughs> yeah. You would hope he brought his own microphone. Pretty good sphincter control. Yeah. I would say that's pretty incredible sphincter control. Wow. That, I do know why Who is he, that masked man? I do know why he's wearing a mask, though. <laughs> yes. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no way he wants to go home and be known as Mr. Methane. 
now that is fantastic. You can watch the full video of that up at causticsodapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. From uh, the Edo period in Japan, the farting men, the Higasen is a Japanese Ooh. fart scroll. That okay. sounds not real. Uh, now, you can look for at the Japanese fart scroll, they just used it like as a tube to like <laughs> to aim the to fart. Aim their farts. You would think from looking at the actual images of these fart scrolls, they were created during the Edo period by an unknown artist or several unknown artists. The scroll depicts various scenes with one peculiar characteristic reoccurring throughout the scroll, namely that at least one character is having a bout of flatulence directed against other characters. The name of the scroll translates roughly to farting competition or fart battle. Okay. All right. The scroll was made with the intention to highlight the political and social changes in Japan. Uh, this scroll and other similar drawings were created in response to increasing the intrusion of Europeans in Japan to, uh, during the Edo period. And if you look at it, like they are shooting farts at each other, <laughs> and oh. their hats are being blown off their heads. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are farting from horseback, and it looks like knocking people into the air with Absolutely. those farts. Yeah. This is here's, the ninja power that didn't tell us about. Here's two gentlemen bowling a guy over. Over into the air. It looks like he's got a rice doing a backflip yeah. and he's got a rice cooker. Uh, here's oh, another one. Shooting, punching a hole in a wall. Punching a hole through a wall with a fart. There's some just fantastic old... Here's another one. Shooting a cat <laughs> into the air with his fart. Lol cat. Yeah. Ooh, they deserve it. And uh, we've got a nice little black bar over his junk here, which is apparently <laughs> showing. And uh, here's two guys uh, holding somebody up in the air as oh, though no. he's a Ghostbuster those ghost, like but they two, are crossing the streams. Those look like two ladies. Oh, that is two ladies. You're right. Yeah. And they're holding somebody up. They're, le- they're levitating with the power of their the force. It, it looks like early Heart Ghostbusters. Five. I yeah. like how they come up super direct, and then after they hit their target, they kind of turn wispy and, they, yeah. and dissipate a little bit more. So I'm going to include- That's just aerodynamics. They just know, they know physics. They yeah. Feudal Japan. Oh, bagging the farts. And uh, yeah, here's one where they've collected them all and they're using the bowl over several people at once. I've so, tried that. It doesn't work, guys. It, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> and here's some uh, counter fart warfare. Oh, yeah. With some people with fans, fans blowing back attacking farts while their friend counterattacks with his own. This is basically the fart version of uh, grabbing the grenade and throwing it back into the other trench. Yep. Call back to our grenades episode. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's some pretty. However, jumping stuff. on a fart does not help. <laughs> yeah, jumping on a fart, diving on a fart does not save your friends. It actually probably spreads it even faster. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! And do you really want to thank your friend for doing that? Yeah, jumping on the fart, like you wouldn't hug him. Thank hey, you. Who smelt it? Dealt it. So it's probably just somebody to cover up for their own. So who jumped it? Dumped it. <laughs> yeah. In 1781, while Benjamin Franklin, yes, that Benjamin Franklin, was mm-hmm. living abroad as United States Ambassador to France, he received a request from the Royal Academy of Brussels for scientific papers. Frank Brussels sprouts made a fart. That's, maybe that's what got this topic. Franklin believed that the various academic societies in Europe were increasingly pretentious and concerned with the impractical. <laughs> Let's get down to farts, people. <laughs> His reply begins... <clears throat> I have perused your late mathematical prize question proposed in lieu of one in natural philosophy for the ensuing year. Permit me then humbly to propose one of that sort for your consideration and through you, if you approve it, for the serious enquiry of learned physicians, chemists, etc. of this enlightened age. It is universally well known that in digesting our common food, there is created or produced in the bowels of human creatures a great quantity of wind. <laughs> that the permitting this air to escape and mix with the atmosphere is usually offensive to the company from the fetid smell that accompanies it. That all well-bred people, therefore, to avoid giving such offense, forcibly restrain the efforts of nature to discharge that wind. Uh, the essay uh. entitled Fart Proudly. 
Right. Goes oh. on to discuss the way different foods affect the odor of flatulence and to propose scientific testing of farting. So he's basically suggesting that uh, holding urine a fart is an affront to nature. Uh, I can, yeah. Yes, forcibly restrain the efforts of nature to discharge that wind, yeah. Franklin also suggests that scientists work to develop a drug, quote, wholesome and not disagreeable. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which can be mixed with common food or sauces with the effect of rendering flatulence not only inoffensive, but agreeable as perfume. Oh, yes. <laughs> so He's trying to figure out how to perfume your farts. Do you think that the syphilis had really set in by this point? Is that why? <laughs> I don't know. know. <laughs> he was a little he was bit deranged. Clearly in, in correspondence with Nietzsche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obsession with farts. I think the problem is that our noses have evolved to know what's bad. Oh, we've uh, we've got advanced nose technology. And so That's why we need science. <laughs> Kevin, you will like how he ends the essay with a pun. Mm-hmm. He says that compared to the practical applications of this discussion, other sciences are, quote, scarcely worth a fart thing. Farthing, uh, fart thing. Farting, uh-huh. farthing, farting. A farthing is something that's not a fart. Yeah. Hence the funny. Uh, he was kidding, of course, but now we have Bino. So uh, seeing the future, oh, perhaps? Bino. Well, Bino just stops it. It doesn't make it smell like perfume. As a matter of fact, I, I don't. I only have one anecdotal uh, example of this, but back when I was consuming more be- uh, chili with beans in it, I actually got some Bino to try and help with the farting. And uh, the first time I used it, went to a friend's board game night party or something like that and it gave me the stinkiest farts i have ever had in my life right Whoops. like i was in a corner with a lighter apologizing the whole night maybe you misread like, the label and maybe yeah, i just yeah. bought farto <laughs> i bought so that would be fart. number one slider crowded or, elevator type yeah or maybe maybe perhaps uh you didn't read the uh, application instructions you're supposed to drink the beano not uh, insert it, insert it the other right. way. Why yeah. would it not a be a suppository? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The glass yeah. bottle might be a clue. <laughs> That's why I just shoved potpourri up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's a good idea. <laughs> we mentioned Le Petto Main before. His name was Joseph Pujol uh, from 1857 to 1945. He was known as Le Petto Main, which is French for fartomaniac. <laughs> just like that Def Leppard song. That's right. <laughs> I was going to go with... Fartomania? He's a maniac, maniac. He was famous for his remarkable control of the abdominal muscles, which enabled him to seemingly fart at will. Mm-hmm. His profession is... Wait, I, I would not want to be Will. I was about to say, he just takes a guy named Will around with him? <laughs> well, I guess it, helps, it keeps you from farting on your audience. At least yeah. then you don't turn them against you. Stop. I am not a monster. I have brought Will here to fart on. <laughs> yeah. Not you. <laughs> the profession is known as flatulist or fartur. Or fartiste. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like fartiste. Mm -hmm. I like fartour. It is a common misconception. (laughs) It's a fartour de force. (laughs) (laughs) It is a common misconception that Joseph Pujol actually passed intestinal gas as part of his stage performance. Rather, Pujol was able to inhale or move air into his rectum and then control the release of that air with his anal sphincter muscles. Sucked it in and then blew it out. So wait, he like a trumpet. He sucked it in with his mouth, like he like gobbled air, or he sucked it in with his butt? Oh, let me talk. Okay. (laughs) He discovered this skill while swimming in the sea. He put his head under the water and held his breath, whereupon he felt an icy cold penetrating his rear. He ran ashore in fright and was amazed to sense water (laughs) pouring from his anus. A doctor reassured him there's nothing to worry about. So he accidentally- He's able to suck things up in his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and, and he discovered that from swimming. From swimming, and his and he held his breath and accident when he did that he accidentally sucked water up into his ass. 
This is crazy. Like, yes. what a crazy natural it's talent. Reverse drowning. It's yes. <laughs> when he when he served in the army, he told his fellow soldiers about his special ability and repeated it for their amusement, sucking up water from a pan into his rectum and then projecting it up to several yards. Here, hold this ammunition. Several yards. Several yards. Wow. What? He found, of course, that he could suck in air as well. Yep. He decided to try the stage and debuted in Marseille in 1887. <laughs> when his act was somehow well-received, he so, moved to Paris where he appeared at the Moulin Rouge in 1892. This is this is really what life was like without television before yes. the invention of we've, television. We've had this discussion and several times. Think of all like colored gases he can do. And he really did become an affluent effluent. Well, yeah. no, 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 not colored <laughs> gases because he he wasn't creating methane. It was just sucking regular. Yeah, I know, but if you had a colored gas, if you had like he smoke, could suck like in, suck in some <gasps> colored smoke or something. Oh my into, god, like a circus. Thing? I want to know if he was skillful enough to suck in like all different colors of the rainbow <laughs> and then fart out a rainbow. No, it's Ooh. all brown. I'd be impressed yeah. if he could just smoke a cigar with his ass. Some of the highlights of his stage act included. Sound effects of cannon fire and thunderstorm. They have microphones in too. I don't know how he Wow. Playing Oh Solo Mio and La Marseillaise on an ocarina through a rubber tube in his anus. I don't know how La Marseillaise sounds. La Marseillaise is the French national anthem. What else? He shot it to an ocarina. What's an ocarina? It's a dancer who gets up on her toes with really big eyes. It's a it's a kind of <laughs> it's a, it's a ballerina who's made of eyes. It's yeah. a kind of flute. It's a kind of short, stubby flute All type right. instrument. Makes yep. perfect sense. He used the same tube to smoke two cigarettes at once. I'm guessing through his butt. <laughs> okay. All right. He could also blow out a well, candle. Well, no. Once from... he's smoking one cigarette in his mouth, oh, and one maybe. cigarette in his bum. Oh but, yeah. But it, but it says the burning same tube. The, it's burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> burning the, himself at both ends. <laughs> He could also blow out a candle from several yards away. Their way. Wow. His audience included Edward, Prince of Wales, King yes. Leopold II of the Belgians, and Sigmund Freud. <laughs> <laughs> this explains a lot. I'm, yeah. I'm going to write a whole book on this. <laughs> In 1894, Pujol left the Moulin Rouge due to a disagreement and started his own traveling show called The Theatre Pompadour. Because there was some young upstart farty guy. Yeah. yeah. In the following decade, Pujol tried to refine and make his acts gentler. <laughs> One of his favorite numbers became a rhyme about a farm which he himself composed and which he punctuated with the usual anal renditions of the animal sounds. Oh, wow. He did impressions. How many you can do a duck. Yeah. I can do <laughs> what else can you, you do? You can do a dog. So I guess this, yes. yeah. this, uh, this could have been the, the French precursor to Old MacDonald. Right. With a <laughs> here and a <laughs> there. there it sounds there. like he's doing impressions I yeah. guess right? with his ass oh you don't be impressive cock-a-doodle-doo if he could do a rooster I would I would have thrown a, like a shilling on the stage right <laughs> a fart thing yeah <laughs> I want to thank Corey for uh, researching this for us and uh, quite a few of these other entries it was excellent work with the outbreak of World War I Pujol horrified by the inhumanity of the conflict retired from the stage and returned to his bakery in Marseille later he opened <laughs> a biscuit factory bakery. in Toulon oh good mm. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't start manufacturing recorders <laughs> yeah. You know, he did he toot, personal. Toot. Nobody would well, know how to play them. It'd be a really small market. Yeah. The Sor after he died in 1945 at age 88, the Sorbonne offered his family a large sum of money to study his body after his death, but they refused the offer. Gee, that's not crass at all. French academia. What, they want to look up your, your, your dead grandfather's butt and you say no? Come on. They want, to buy, they want to buy off the family for the remains of their beloved. 
so he could figure out what it was special about his body that made it possible. It's for it's just for science. Going back to Blazing Saddles, one of Mel Brooks's characters in that was Governor William J. Lepetomane, named after mm-hmm. Lepetomane okay, the Fartiste. Okay. Moving ahead to World War II, do you know who was an uncontrollable farter? Hitler. Yes. Really? Yes. Amongst other evils. Amongst other horrible things. (laughs) Adolf Hitler, and here we go, call back to our evil dudes. He was a vegan. He was a vegan. Or vegetarian. We're not sure about vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Mein Kampf wasn't really about what we thought it was about. That was a mistranslation. Yeah. No, his struggle was to hold them in. Adolf... It was the search for a diet to control it. (laughs) Well, all I want to say is this is how he came up with the idea for the gas chambers. (laughs) Adolf Hitler oh. was the <laughs> Adolf Hitler was the victim of uncontrollable flatulence, spasmodic stomach cramps, constipation, and diarrhea, possibly the result of nervous tension, mm-hmm. had been Hitler's curse since childhood and only grew more severe as he aged. As a stressed-out dictator, the agonizing digestive attacks would occur after most meals. Albert Speer recalled that the Fuhrer, ashen-faced, would leap up from the dinner table and disappear to his room. Mm-hmm. Hitler had first tried to cure himself when he was a rising politician in 1921 by poring over medical manuals, coming to the conclusion that a largely veg diet would calm his turbulent digestion, as well as make his farts less offensive to the nose. A rabid hypochondriac, he would also examine his own feces on a regular basis and administer <laughs> himself chamomile enemas. Okay. This looks like Himmel. <laughs> chamomile enemas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Before, you know, puts you to sleep. Just before mm. you go to bed. Sure. Nice, sure. relaxing chamomile enema. Mm-hmm. Warm, not too hot. I was about to say, just a little make bit sure of honey. It's not scalding, right? <laughs> yeah. Hitler decided to swear off meat completely in 1931 when his niece and presumed romantic interest, uh, Gailey Raubel, committed suicide. I, did we mention this? When presented with a plate of breakfast ham the next morning, he pushed it away, muttering, It's like eating a corpse. Oh, uh, That's yeah. how he felt after mm-hmm. she died. From that squeamish moment on, great piles of vegetables raw or pulped into a baby mulch were Hitler's daily staple. All cooked foods, he decided, were carcinogenic. Okay, so paranoia. Is that true something. or not? Uh, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. No. No. I'll tell you what's carcinogenic. Living long enough. Yeah, there that, you go. All right. He showed a, per- Age. He showed a particular fondness, culinary historians assure us, for oatmeal with linseed oil, cauliflower, cottage cheese, boiled apples, artichokes, hearts, and asparagus tips in white sauce. None of these are good choices for somebody trying to start. You know, for the most murderous farting. dictator mm. of all time, he was a surprisingly squeamish pansy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His and there's a hot debate about the most murderous of all time. I mean, Stalin was pretty yeah. murderous. Yeah. But he was not a squeamish pansy. That's true. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Hitler's private physician, Dr. Theo Morell, recorded in his diary that after Hitler downed a typical vegetable platter, quote, constipation and colossal flatulence occurred on a scale I have seldom encountered before. <laughs> and genocide. Uh, oh, and genocide. <laughs> to combat recurrences of the volcanic stomach problems, Morell plied him with a remedy called Dr. Kuster's anti-gas pills, oh. which contains significant amounts of strychnine. Whoa. Whoa. And Hitler often took as many as 16 of the little black pills a Not day. Not enough, apparently. That's yeah. why the assassination attempts didn't work. Possibly. Oh. He was unkillable. Well, listen to this. <laughs> Starting in 1941, Morell gave Hitler daily morning amphetamine injections, and there was a barrage of other supplements, vitamins, testosterone, liver extracts, laxatives, sedatives, glucose, and opiates, all intended to combat the dictator's real or imagined ailments. After the war, U.S. intelligence officers discovered that Morell was pumping Hitler with 28 different drugs, including eye drops that contained 10% cocaine, up to 10 treatments of that a day a concoction made from human placenta, and potency pills made from ground bull's testicles. 
What's a ground bull? <laughs> it's a uh, it's, it's all that lives now. All the air bulls got killed. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just an archaic. <laughs> yeah, but despite the barrage of medicines, Morel's diaries made clear that the bouts of agonizing flatulence remained a regular <laughs> occurrence. Mm. Agonizing. He deserved it. I think the air bulls would have been killed prior to the gravity era. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah, the the zero G era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when they evolved. And then that era ended, and it ended badly. (laughs) And the surviving bulls became the ground bulls. The the ones, yeah. And then bringing us uh, very close to modern day with our history. Since 1981, following the stranding of a Soviet submarine deep inside Swedish waters, the Swedish Navy initiated a large-scale campaign to guard Swedish territorial waters from the perceived threat of infiltration by foreign submarines, despite the Soviets consistently asserting that the stranding had occurred due to navigational errors, which is... Look, we're we not spying ourselves. on you. We screwed up where we didn't want to be, and that's why we got beached. And right. of course, understandable why they might not believe them. Yes, totally understandable. The submarine hunts, which lasted throughout the 1980s and early 1990s, were a heavily debated issue in Sweden as to whether or not there were ever was ever any factual substance to the claims of Soviet infiltration, because they didn't find any. They yeah. kept looking. They would spend millions of dollars, uh, millions of krona. One widely reported piece of evidence were several sound recordings of what the Swedish Navy suspected to be foreign submarines. Oceanographers and marine biologists were invited to study the recordings and would eventually find that the sounds heard were most probably produced not by submarines, but in fact were the noises made when herring passed gas. (laughs) Herring farts? Wow. Fish farts? Yes. Fish farts. Check this out. Okay. Herrings, like other ray-finned fish, have a swim bladder, which okay. is this, they've got this organ in their body that yeah. fills up with air. And, it, and it's how they go up and down. And it's, it's how, how they, they figure out how and... up and down they are in the water. Yeah. Exactly. It helps <clears throat> them maintain their neutral buoyancy. Mm-hmm. Unlike most other such fish, I don't know if it's all, but most, uh, a herring swim bladder is connected to its anal sphincters. Okay. So when it pushes on it, little bubbles will actually come out. So it'll actually fart out of its... Swim bladder. Right. Almost it's propelling it. It's tiny, but I, a scientist explained you can actually take one of these herrings uh, underwater and squeeze it and a little layer will come out. In the huge schools that herring travel in, these tiny farts together combine to create the frightening specter of Soviet submarine infiltration. <laughs> Do they all fart at the same time, though? Is that synchronized farting? Well, maybe it's just like women just on the cycle, right? They just, they get, they <laughs> hang out of the school and now right. they get on the same, on the same uh, uh, schedule. In a report by the Swedish science magazine, Vetenskapensvarld, which means world of science. <laughs> Vetenskapensvarld. There we go. That's better. Well, you got to handle it all with Arskiborski. Yeah. It suggested that these findings, uh, which, by the way, won an Ig Nobel Prize, uh-huh. were important in putting an end to the costly submarine hunts, which had continued for more than a decade, with the uh, Ig Nobel laureate Hakan Westerberg guessing that this would have saved Swedish taxpayers hundreds of millions of Swedish krona. And thus um. begun the war on herring. Now, deep in Pennsylvania, near where Route 180 ends, there's a humble house of brick and wood and glass. The tiny home of Rich Wojcicki, big dick to his friends, who, despite his name, is famous for what issues from his ass. Every Tuesday night at the Legion Hall, bring a can of glade and have a call. Everybody loves when big dick parts of polka. Someone better get him a change of pants Everybody loves when big dick parts of polka Now, big dick started dinner with some cabbage and some greens 
Some broccoli, a pair of turkey legs Some jalapeno poppers and a tub of kidney beans Several liters of cream soda and a dozen deviled eggs Every Tuesday night at the Legion Hall Bring a can of glade and have a call Everybody loves one big dick parts of polka Everyone who hears can't help but dance Someone better get him a change of pants Everybody loves one big dick parts of polka They say that grown men cried the day that Big Dick passed away The ladies wailed, their shoulders sadly stooped And though there were no instruments, a band began to play And the air was filled with music and it smelled like someone pooped Every Tuesday night at the Legion Hall Bring a can of glade and have a ball Everybody loves one big dick parts of polka Everyone who hears can't help but dance Someone better get him a change of pants Everybody loves one big dick parts of polka Everybody loves one big dick parts of polka In the news December 22nd, 2012, Baltimore. A Baltimore Social Security Administration employee, 38, was hit with a five-page letter detailing the date and times of his noxious offenses. Oh. Oh, like at work. At work. Okay. The letter informed the worker that his uncontrollable flatulence created an intolerable and hostile environment oh, for coworkers, hostile. many mm. of which had lodged complaints. Nice. Okay. Do you think that they actually went to him and said, dude, you got to lay off the fartage, man, like... Go to the bathroom or something. They did. The letter's uh, log cited 17 dates and 60 specific times that the worker allegedly passed gas. Allegedly. you got to say that so, you don't, so he doesn't sue us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The formal reprimand appears to have been a last resort for management who say they addressed the embarrassing issue with the worker multiple times. Okay. All right. I, I can't see them firing, it, firing a guy for a thing that he can't like help. Like yeah. I, I almost feel like he must have been kind of joking, farting it. on and being kind of a dick about it. Yeah, like actually farting on people yeah. and stuff, yeah. like walking, <laughs> walking past people's desks and like yeah. standing there, like with his ass right about head height, and then dropping a bomb, right? right. You know. 2010, Daniel Cambridge, 27, was dismissed from Waterstone's warehouse after 35 complaints to management about him breaking wind, nice. though he insists his flatulence problem is a common side effect of the antidepressant Salatropram which he's been taking for the past three weeks. He's even highlighted the, that fact in the manufacturer's leaflet that comes oh, with the prescription drug. Man. He said yesterday, I'm really annoyed. I can't believe I've been dismissed for passing wind. I know I'm not going to get my job back, and I really liked it. <laughs> so he was actually mm. fired, yeah. Mm. I could understand them getting rid of me for fighting or something, but for passing wind is ridiculous. To me, it's like having a disability, and you wouldn't get rid of somebody with one arm or leg. <laughs> I would. You would and if it stank really bad. <laughs> medical opinion. Hmm? I'm betting getting fired did not help his depression. Oh, that's uh, probably a good point. Good point. So that's, uh, you watch your uncontrollable farting. You might get fired. <laughs> well, and not only that, like, if your antidepressant causes uncontrollable farting, I mean, that's not going to make you happy, right? It's uh, Traded his uh, depression for an anxiety disorder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. August of 2008, Tipton, United Kingdom. Firefighters were called to a Tipton address, but the small blaze had already burned itself out when the crew arrived. Officer administered first aid until an ambulance arrived. 
The victim was taken to Russell's Hall Hospital in Dudley, suffering from 18% burns to the backs of his legs and his thumb. Oh. Okay. Watch Commander Paul Harpin from Tipton Station said it was the first time he'd ever been called out to deal with such an incident. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The boy had been pranking around in the garden having a competition with his cousin when they were breaking wind and lighting it. Sure. Okay. Right behind him was a petrol can, and that just flashed. Oh. oh. So he farted. I was lighting his farts. Lighting his farts. Near, uh, but he got too close to near a, a gas fuel can. can. Yeah. Yep. Public service announcement. <laughs> Don't light your farts near gas, people. I think he must have won the competition, but he will have some nasty burns now. <laughs> it is a warning not to mess around with fire. Mm-hmm. November 2007. Joseph E. Swain of Dover mm-hmm. had an operation intended to reverse a colostomy. Okay, so colostomy is when you are pooping in a bag, right, Dr. Rob? That's right. Okay. Reattaching the colon to the rectum should have returned Swain's bowel function back to normal. The doctors botched the job by stapling Swain's colon to his bladder instead of the rectal stump. What? And that this mistake caused the patient to experience diarrhea, as well as, quote, passing gas and liquid stool from the penis. Oh, my God. He farted out his dick. He got shit dick. Yeah. And fart dick. Yeah. Uh, In addition to the potential for infection, the lawsuit alleges that the man suffered severe pain and suffering, disfigurement, and embarrassment. Yes. Yeah. And adds that the episode has also affected the companionship with his wife. You are not putting that in me ever. (laughs) I don't care if you get it fixed. That has had farts and shit coming out of it. It doesn't get to go inside me. I've got to think this was a surgeon with one hell of a hangover. If he couldn't distinguish the bladder. He can't tell his bladder from a rectal rectal stump. I didn't even know I had a rectal stump. <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist, and I think I could distinguish those things. Uh, yeah, no, it seems That's like... only one uh, way to find out. Bend over, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, let's go. All right. Give him a little opium. Five or six people to hold him down. <laughs> May 2013, Florida. Deborah Ann Burns is accused of knifing her partner of six years, Willie Butler, with an eight-inch blade at their Florida apartment. Burns claims the couple were arguing over money while watching TV when her 53-year-old lover got up to go to the kitchen and broke wind in her face. She told police she confronted him, but Mr. Butler became agitated and allegedly threw a kitchen knife at her, which missed. Burns picked up the blade and threw it back, hitting him in the stomach. Oh, wow. Police arrived following reports of a stabbing to find Mr. Butler standing in front of his home, bleeding from wounds to his abdomen men and left arm. Ooh, the magic knife throw. Yes, the, the, where the ricochets off your stomach or off your <laughs> arm into your stomach. stomach correctly. Uh, according to a Collier County Sheriff's Office report, Burns was arrested and charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon and held on $50,000 bond. Maybe she shot so, Kennedy. <laughs> so uh, don't fart in your partner's face when there's a knife nearby. And don't say you threw a knife when there are two stab wounds. <laughs> Definitely a barker. Yeah. yeah. But, but a multiple barker. I don't want to try too hard because it might go from a fart <laughs> to a shark. Yeah, that is a serious danger. That would be of, pretty like, caustic. Trying to make though. it happen. It would be lovely and caustic. It's farther yeah. than I'm willing to go for this podcast. <laughs> and, and he has to sit in my car on the way home, so I don't want him to do it either. <laughs> okay, let's go to pop culture. There is a lot. Uh, so a by, lot pop, by culture. pop culture, we mean popping a fart? Popping a fart. Yeah, culture. Pop fart. Not culture. poop culture. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not poop culture, fart culture. <laughs> I actually rewatched uh, Mystery Men the other night, 
And oh, yeah. Because, because of the Flash later? The, the character, the Spleen, Spleen. played the Spleen. by Paul Rubens. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he gained his powers when he once farted and blamed it on a gypsy woman mm-hmm. and who cursed, cursed him yep. forever to be the one who dealt it. I, I always felt like I was the only person in the world who liked that movie. I, re- I, I love I love Mystery Men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Twisted senses I, of humor all around. It's not one that I will argue is a great movie, but I do love it. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of those, yes, I fully admit all its faults, yeah. but kind of loves. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of the it, it as a movie like as a whole thing uh yeah, there's more flaws but like right. the individual characters are yeah. hilarious like Janine Garofalo with the head with her her dad's skull in, in her, her bowling, bowling ball. ball yeah that I don't know why I, I found that incredibly entertaining what was the digger character with the shovel the shoveler, the shoveler. The shoveler. by with William H Macy yeah he's yeah. so good in his finest role. I like Mr. He's, Furious. He's so good in that role. You like, like lifted so a bus, earnest. man. It <laughs> was like, already moving. <laughs> I like Mr. Furious, who just gets angry. He doesn't get... It's not the Hulk. He doesn't get strong. He just gets, he just gets like angry. You make me furious. <laughs> yeah, and he gets on the hood of that... Uh, of of the limo. Yeah. And he's just like... like Beating on it with his... But like, he's not even making dents. Impotent little fists, <laughs> he's right? Just having you know? a little... Yeah. Tantrum, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was a fan of the comic that Mr. Man was based on, mm-hmm. you know, in Flaming Carrot Comics. Uh, the Mr. Man were common, uh, were common, made guest appearances, and, and they regularly would just be completely different. They were just, this is the Mr. Man, and it would be a totally new lineup with right. no, oh, okay. uh, no continuity to it whatsoever. So one of those real tongue-in-cheek comedy comics from the 80s, black and white. I have a little uh, IMDb trivia here. The scene where the spleen accidentally ignites a blast of flatulence by standing by a barrel with a fire in it was a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a crew member had tossed a plastic lighter in the barrel. It happened to explode, a small explosion, but an explosion nonetheless. While filming Rubens, the reactions that followed were created after the fact, capitalizing on the moment caught on film. No, there you go. Good times. Who would throw a plastic lighter into a burning barrel? <laughs> like on a film set. Yeah. Like I know there's idiots in the world, but you get in a film set and those guys are pros. Like nobody there's, screws there's, around. It there's seems. idiots on a film set. Are there? There oh, are yeah, idiots yeah, yeah. on a I film set. I never meet them. Well, you're the oh, one. That maybe you're I'm the, the one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Torn, are there uh, farts on Rocket Monkeys? The Rocket Monkeys cartoon that I work on yeah. as a storyboard artist these yeah. days? Yeah, there's a lot of farts. Pretty much it's mostly farts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, really? That's the primary source of humor well, and or so fuel? So it propels the monkeys. Yeah. It's the it, rocketry. Yeah, the Thank fuel you, for Blazing the rocket. Saddles. But there is a uh, specific episode called Home on the Strange where Gus and Wally, those are the two rocket monkeys, mm-hmm. are uh, sent to deliver cow-like Zortoids as food to a living asteroid. And okay. Zortoids, uh, instead of having a tail, they have like, kind of like a trumpety, a wiggly trumpety device. Okay. And it emits flatulence through the entire episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's does it sound, or does yes. it sound trumpety? Uh, it sounds like farts. Okay. okay. Everything sounds like farts. And and their farts featured, that, that obviously one features them the most, but uh, farts feature heavily in every episode. Oh, of absolutely. Got it. Do, do uh, children find farts yes, funnier than adults? Yes, the answer is always yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then there's Duckman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one uh, voiced by Jason Alexander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the characters on there is Grandmama. Okay. She's comatose, and her only form of c- communication is farts. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And uh, I recently rewatched Grandmama's flatulent adventure. Oh, the, she got her own separate flatulent adventure. <laughs> she, she, uh, Duckman was in charge of taking care of her one day and uh-huh. did a horrible job, and she got away. And they had to go and, and fi- they had to go and find her. Now, she, if I recall, wait, she's, she's still comatose, comatose during yes. this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. 
She just uh, like it wheels away in kind yes. of a Mr. Magoo style fashion. Yes. And like, yes that and she does end up in space. Oh, really? In a spacesuit. Okay. And uh, her fart propellers propels her back to Earth. It, well, it inflates her entire uh, suit, and then she uh-huh. comes back to Earth. So call back to farting in a spacesuit. There you uh-huh. go. Ren and Stimpy. We yeah. all remember Son of Stimpy. Uh-huh. Originally called Stimpy's First Fart. Okay. I don't remember that. I, I do. I don't so remember this is the, the inspiration for Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Mm-hmm. Could be. It's, it's got to be. When Stimpy farts, he believes he has given birth. He tells Ren about the incident, but Ren won't believe him. Soon, Stimpy loses Stinky and relentlessly tries to find him. Stinky. Stimpy... Yeah. Yeah. Stimpy finds his fart and joins Ren for Christmas. This was their Christmas episode. It was a two-parter. Oh, I... <laughs> Meaning it was a full 22 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Amateur anthropological observation. I found the best way to distinguish Gen X from Gen Y mm. is if whether or not they find Ren and Stimpy funny. Oh, or Gen have... Y universally do not get, do not enjoy okay. Ren and Stimpy. Never even saw Ren and Stimpy, probably. But you, when you show well, it to them, they're first... like, eh, mm, yeah. Mm. I almost feel that way now, to be honest. Like, yeah, I it was in a time like... and place kind of moment. Yeah. yeah. My God, in the early 90s, oh, I would yes. bust a gut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is I think it really was uh, for a, a show for its time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I could not disagree more. Really? Yeah. Okay. Powder Toast Man, still hilarious. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Hey. Why did Powder Toast Man not make it into pop culture? We're not done yet. Ah. <laughs> because he farts. He, he just did. There. Uh-huh. Powder Toast Man's in. Powdered Toast, toast Man. That, yeah, uh, that's still funny. Yeah, there you go. See, uh-huh. I'm not saying I none of it's funny, but it's just like Ren and Stimpy was like the show like back then. Like we watched it constantly. We'd make the jokes all the time. The history eraser button, the shiny candy red button. It was the cocaine of cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we really? all grew up. Created by Maybe. John Chris Faluzzi. Yep. Or John K. Yep. He went on to create the Ripping Friends, mm-hmm. which nobody which also has, has seen. more farts. Yeah. You which have non Nonstop farts. There was an episode called Stinky Butt. Okay. So the Ripping Friends' nemesis, Citruset, is banished to the bowels of the Earth by the Ripping Friends after attempting to destroy the planet. There, due to some mystical energy, Citruset gains the ability to control his flashes with destructive results. He can fly around with a kind of a bum jet. <laughs> okay. Uh, he even creates a giant Shoggoth-like fart monster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> through the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Ripping Friends' plan to defeat him is to have uh, one of the members, Chunk, shrunk down and placed into a can of beans... For when Stinky Butt uh, needs to recharge his batteries, his fart okay. batteries. Yeah. And then he uh, goes inside and miniaturize to turn his fart gland inside out. Ah, so my, solid gold. Kind of the fantastic. Solid gold. The sort of fantastic voyage sort of yes, moment, right? Exactly. You know? So his fart gland, when it's turned inside out, what is, does it like suck up the gas? Uh, I believe he implodes into a, into a black hole. Okay, so if we don't mention Terrence and Philip from South Park, people are going to get mad at us. Mm-hmm. So, going to stop uh, listening to us. They yeah. do nothing. They're going to throw down their MP3 player and disgust. I They're- remembered hearing uh, Matt and Trey talk about why they made Terrence and Philip, and it was because people were reviewing South Park saying it's nothing but bad animation and fart jokes. Right. And they said, no, 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 we'll show you what bad animation and fart jokes looks like. like. And they made Terrence So and they Phil- made Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is when you go and visit Terrence and Philip in their home, you fly into downtown Canada. Oh, nice. I watched the movie. This was such a find. It's called Thunderpants. Thunderpants. Let me read you the. Don't read this. Let me read it out loud. This is from the DVD cover describing the movie. Okay. 
You should do it, wait, you should do it in like a movie announcer voice. Like, in a world. Thunderpants is the story of a boy named Peter who couldn't stop farting. His only friend, Alan, Rupert Grint from Harry Potter, is a child genius who finds a way to use Peter's flatulence as a force for good. After his special skill takes him on an incredible space adventure, <laughs> Peter learns that sometimes our unique gifts can turn out to be exactly what the world really needs. Well, save the world with uh, farts. This movie has Stephen Fry, uh-huh. Paul Giamatti, and Rupert Grint from Harry Potter in it. Uh-huh. Its reception was so, in the UK was so poor that in the US it was sent direct to DVD. Okay. Oh. Uh, Red Letter mm. Media reviewed this and they counted the farts. There are 50 farts total in the Is entire that all? movie. Oh, wow. That's all. It, that's and, less than the number of goblins that are killed in The Hobbit <laughs> from like six dwarves. Yeah. They kind of talked about this. You would kind of imagine it would be nonstop farts, but they actually kind of put them mostly at the front to go, yes, it's about farts. Yeah. And then they actually kind of get to some story and only use the farts when they need to. Yeah. Which is escalating ridiculousness. So it starts off that he's born and goes flying out of his mother's vagina through the air from a fart. <laughs> All right. Dear and gets God. caught by a doctor who looks like an English Conan O'Brien. Okay. And it goes from there. Like he's, they find out he's got two stomachs and this is why he's got this horrible oh. flatulence. He gets bullied in school, of course. Uh, everybody hates him except for the Rupert Grint character who's a child genius who loves him anyway. I think he says he can't smell anything. Oh, That's why. there you I, go. I, I, you know, as somebody who's involved in the film and television industry mm. and who is, uh, you know, at least in part peripherally affiliated with uh, financing and green lighting movies. Yeah. I'd like to have been in the room when this movie was pitched. Well, uh it, so some guy just came in and started farting. That's the movie. Yeah, it's like, this is it. Super, fart superhero. Here's you the thing. It. You're laughing now. The slider as an elevator pitch. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is not terrible. Right. It's not good. But how do you how do you get convince somebody to give you millions and because millions of dollars to make a movie about a kid who can't stop farting? You, Lori. Be- because the target audience of this movie is little kids, and it right. shows the, the whole way through. I think if you had a bunch of quite young kids, mm. that this would be a movie that they would love. And it's 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 shot nicely. The acting is actually quite good. The story's kind of charming, though it's dumb. Mm-hmm. I, I think my main complaint is they almost didn't go cartoony enough. Like, they almost shot it too right. realistic. I kind of wanted more of a... Uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen unrealisticness to it. Like because a surreality of, to it. Literally at the end of the movie, he is launching like a Saturn rocket with his ass. Like he's sitting in it and farting as hard as he can. So hold on And a then sec. they show the rocket engines lighting at the bottom and NASA cheering that he's finally going up to rescue astronauts. So they don't, they don't stick a Saturn rocket like in his ass and he shoots it like a bottle rocket. No. Nope. He's inside the rocket. He's inside the rocket, but he's sitting it. on a special chair that his friend invented right. that's funneling all his gases into the rocket engines because only he can produce the fuel that they need to go rescue some trapped spacemen. This brings a whole new meaning to the term internal combustion. It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts.
for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while entangled in the tentacles of a box jellyfish. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. I'm Pearl the Knitting Wench. Thanks for listening. Hey, intrepid listeners. Uh, we want to engage you in a tell a friend campaign. Tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Tell two friends. Tell all your friends to tune into Caustic Soda. We're trying to get our listenership up, and uh, uh, you guys are out there to help us. So encourage people to check it out. Especially tell your friends who are squeamish. Yeah, those ones especially. <laughs> Imagine how fun that will be for you. Yeah. <laughs> I Think mean, it as a personal challenge. <laughs> See how many friends you can lose. Test your <laughs> test your friends with Caustic Soda, won't you? <laughs> Public declaration, <clears throat> my ass is not wired oh, during yeah. this episode. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rob is our silent what witness. What a spoil sport. <laughs> I'm the I, doctor administering the cocaine drops. He's the one who volunteered to be in a room of guys who promised him we were going to be farting all the way through this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's even so he worse. Is, he is the canary in the, uh, in the mine shaft, so to speak. <laughs> when Dr. Rob passes out, we'll only stay in here another half hour. Yeah, or so, precisely. And then, then we're getting out. Mm-hmm.